The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Yo, he did it. Yo. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Yes, you've changed your name. Your name is no longer Mark Gunnels. It's it, it's Mark. Hold on a second. No, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> fix something real quick. It's funny because I think people would think that I'm the diva. You know, I'm the TV one out of the two. You know. <laughs> no, uh, uh, look, look at the person who's still trying to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had to place my Atlanta Hawks plus one bet, man. Oh my gosh! So, what, what, let me let me do something that's pertinent to this show, and that's send out the quick retweet from Arrowhead Pride Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, wherever you rocking with us. Mark Gunnels is putting in his last second bets, uh, and we're live here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, wherever you listen to the hey. show. Appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. Mark, how you feeling out there on the West Coast? I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited for you to touch down here in a few days. You know, you were supposed to be here for the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't get the job done, so you weren't able to come out here for that. And you're making it happen, man. I'm surprised. Last-minute decision, but Aaron Ladd's going to be in L.A. I'm going to show him around this weekend. we have a good time. And, yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a good, good moment. The flex helps, man. Having Patrick Mahomes helps. Being able to get flexed in the prime time. Uh, that was good news. So if, if you're here locally rocking with us, KSHB 41 is your home for the Chiefs and the Chargers this week in prime time. We'll talk about that matchup and preview that matchup a little bit later in the show. Of course, we're going to recap Chiefs Jags and everything that went down in that contest. Four more touchdowns for Patrick. Mahomes, uh, we'll we'll de- we'll try and decipher this turf versus grass debate. What what's making uh, teams drag their feet and players speaking out in advance uh, of that situation? And the Chiefs are actually going through a, a little turf gamut of their own. So we'll touch on that, and then of course we'll finish up by heading down to Vegas. We'll preview Mark picks for this next week while seeing how he did last week. Chiefs coast to coast, Arrowhead Pride podcast platform. Aaron Ladd here, just a kid from KC. Right here off the plaza in Westport. <laughs> Mark Guttles is out on that West Coast. That's perfect, man, because I was actually rocking out with, with Steve Walls, the W show on 100.1 FM. They had me on last Saturday. We're kicking it, whatever. They're 
we're just shooting shooting stuff and they're like yeah we seen you up there with with uh mark gunnels without fail without fail i can't go anywhere and they ask me where's mark <laughs> oh they send you up where to my westport i was on with q oh uh, q says he knows you dj i think he's random oh, renaissance yeah, on yeah, twitter yeah, 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 yeah. he says y'all get y'all haircut at the same location or yeah, used yeah, to yeah. back when you used to have your kc card before it was yeah. taken from you <laughs> and uh you you were famous in the barbershop for defending soldier boy and, and and calling him the best rapper alive do you remember this does this ring a bell at all <laughs> that, that is accurate yes oh! I was uh I was very young at that time. I was uh I used to get designs in my hair and stuff. I was I was a different Mark Gunnels back then, right? But uh yeah, I was on that back then for sure. It, it, the the groundwork for your transformation into Skip Bayless started right there in the barbershop. And and now look at you, you fully blossoming into uh, a talking head with 20,000 followers who who likes to use them in an irresponsible way. Hey, didn't you just uh, shout me out the other day? When? Oh no, that was the OBJ thing. Never mind, that was the OBJ thing. That was last pod thirty-two. Let's just let's just get into thirty-two, man. Tyron Matthew obviously wore thirty-two. Who else? Who else are some thirty-twos? I'm missing Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, of course, the one and only. I'm a big fan of Showtime on HBO. If you haven't watched that yet, check that out. So this will be the Showtime, the Magic Johnson episode between. Mark Gunnels and Aaron Ladd. Let's let, let's go to our game review and check out uh, Chief Jags. Mahomes avoids. Throws. He's a magician. Chief three cap. We got some per, uh, a little production quality now. My goodness, maybe we're big time. We made it. Salute us, uh, Stephen Serta, for putting it together. You're going to hear a, a lot of different things on the show from now on, but specific to Chief Jags, uh, my initial reaction right away was was highway robbery in what the Chiefs were able to get in return for Kadarius Tony, and he has his coming out party in this one, Mark, uh, against the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, it's really a testament to how quickly he's learned and picked up the playbook because how often do we hear when receivers come in to Kansas City, it's going to take them time to learn that playbook. You know, they might not get out there very soon. So the fact that in his second game, he's already producing at the level that he is just shows how involved he is in learning the playbook, how excited he is, right, to be here. Every time you see him, he is smiling, right, with that Joker smile. Shout out to the young Joker. He has some good music, by the way, as well. Check out his two uh, mixtapes on Apple Music. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, he's a very uh, charismatic guy. He was a first-round pick last year for a reason. Right. Obviously, things didn't work out in, in, with the Giants, but they had a new coaching staff there. So he wasn't their pick. So they weren't obligated to keep him around. But the Chiefs got a steal. Right. You got a guy now that can take a, a five yard slant and potentially take it to the house because, you know, McCall Hardman probably can as well. But the differences between him and McCall is Kadarius Tony's shiftiness. Right. It kind of reminds you of Tyreek Hill. And I'm saying not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but he has some of those traits. He had that spin move that was just ridiculous. And then obviously that catch on the sideline and we got up to go get it. The Chiefs don't have a receiver that makes plays like that. And the fact that Mahomes even trusted him in that situation already says a lot about what he's seen in practice and what he saw on film prior to him coming to Kansas City. Because Mahomes 
doesn't really throw that many jump ball opportunities like that, unless it's maybe Travis Kelsey. Yeah, this is the coming out party for Kadarius Tony. Five targets, four catches uh, for 57 yards and the score, the longest of those being a 23-yard grab that you touched on. And, and we kind of previewed this in our last pod, right? That we thought the Chiefs were going to dumb down the offense a little bit to get him up to speed. We know from a talent perspective what he can do with the ball in his hand. So now it's just up to the coaches and the player getting on the same page and making it happen. And you've got to be a Chiefs fan that's encouraged by what's going to uh, what you've seen from Kadarius Tony, especially in light of not only the injury report here on Wednesday going into the next week, but what we talked about when this deal went, first went through, Mark, this is a player that is going to make an impact next year for Kansas City as well when they don't have as many wide receivers on the book. Potentially for him to come in, uh, be that smiling guy, that joker smile, that uh, locker room presence, just seem like he's gotten a, fre- a breath of fresh air. Reporters asking him after the game, yo, look like you're smiling a little bit more than, than they saw you in New York. You know, uh, we, we don't want to ask you. We don't want to get you in trouble, but uh, – you know, are you more involved here than you were in New York? And Kadarius Tony says, you know, I don't want to throw any salt, but, you know, obviously, duh. Uh, and, and that's what we envisioned when the trade come through. I, I didn't think we thought it would happen this fast, um, but for his big data coming against Jacksonville, it was right on time, especially considering McCole Hardman uh, was not able to suit up. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of touched it on already. We're going to get to it uh, here in a second. But the receiving room is pretty down bad right now. So he's going to get more opportunities even this week, potentially. So, yeah, I think it's a very encouraging sign. I, I think the league messed up by giving Andy Reid and Mahomes another toy to play with, a guy that they can use on those Tyreek Hill type of plays and designs moving forward. So, yes, this offense has – no limitations at all right now. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders. The run game looked pretty good as well. So, yeah, man, I think that was a very, very encouraging performance all around. I'm pushing back on no limitations at all, and uh, I've said at times that they can be inconsistent, but we'll continue here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. And it is relating to that wide receiver room still. Juju Smith-Schuster takes a big hit in this one, and the quotes afterwards, in addition to just the – the the play itself and, and the reaction just then you see people want to help him off and um, players saying they were pissed off and shaken up and angry and wanted to play for him. Um, just your reaction, I guess, to the juju hit and the, the 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 I guess what we've seen since then. Yeah, I think it was ridiculous that they picked up the flag on that one. Yeah, that's uh, another part of it. It was a, a clear, you can see the helmet-to-helmet contact there, and he was def- defenseless at that moment. So, yeah, I can see why they were upset, obviously. Uh, good news to, to hear that after the game, people were saying he looked like the regular Juju, and obviously he posted on social media that you grabbed and put on Twitter and may go viral, as you always do. So uh, that was uh, a welcome sign as well. Uh, so yeah, man, we'll see. He's going through the concussion protocol this week. Um, I know it's a five-step process. They said it's day to day. I would lean towards he's probably not going to play this week, but um, we'll see. Yeah, and I, I'm rushing to the bird now to try and find the exact phrasing. But his mom basically said that his, her baby was a okay. Mahomes said post game that he was kind of his normal self. Um, running around and, and kind of joking around. Uh, but the injuries to the wide receiver room are serious. We record this on Wednesdays at 6. We'd love to have you part of the show with us. Um, but if you're listening back on, on wherever you get your podcast, this is from Pete Sweeney on Twitter. The Chiefs say that McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Lamonts, 
and Marquez Valdez-Scantling will not practice on Wednesday as they prep for the Chargers. So what that leaves you, Kadarius Tony, who we know had a big day against the Jaguars, leaves you Sky Moore and Justin Watson uh, as your healthy wideouts. I know it's early, um, but this is something to monitor for an offense that you say is clicking on all cylinders, Mark, but maybe I'm concerned. You know, these you start moving some pieces around and everything doesn't move as, as, as smoothly as you once thought. Yeah, well, I will say this for this particular matchup this Sunday. I don't think it will be that big of concern considering how bad the Chargers run defense is. They're near the bottom of the league right now. And the Chiefs showed they could run the ball last week. Pacheco had his best game so far as a Chief minus that fumble. So I do think you can run on this team. And if you have at least one of those guys, one of those three guys, and I think it's a good chance that MVS plays out of the three. He's probably the most likely out of Juju and McCole Hartman. So if you have him, Sky, Tony, and Watson, I, I think you could get by. And, and obviously you still have Kelsey, uh, Noah Gray, Fortson. So I think you have enough there to still get by in this match from an offensive standpoint. We're kind of discussing the, the hit that Juju Smith-Schuster took in the Chiefs 27-17 win over the Jags. And – we going back to the to training camp when Juju first came in and we were seeing kind of how he was going to be used in the offense. I wonder how long, if it is a one week suspension, you're saying he should probably rest this week. The game after that, another LA team, the Rams at home. How long can the Chiefs withstand a Juju Smith Schuster absence? I mean, he seems like a guy that when Kelsey's covered and uh, maybe the man down the field isn't open or the flat's not there and still in that short intermediate range. He fills that void. He's become sort of a safety blanket, if you will, or a security blanket, if you will, for uh, Patrick Mahomes. How long can can an offense that you say is clicking on all cylinders, but maybe I'll throw a question mark up there. How long can they survive without without Juju? Well, you got to look at the schedule. So this week, I think it's a favorable matchup considering the lack of run defense. If you commit to the run, it open up the passing game a lot more. And then next week, you said you got play. You play the Rams and they're not going to have Cooper Cup. So that offense is going to struggle to score points. So I don't, I don't think you necessarily need him the next two weeks. And then not to mention this, aside from Cooper Cup being out and this week and next week, depending on if everybody stays healthy this, this week, this will be the first time all season except the first half of week one where the Chiefs defense is fully healthy. We have everybody that's supposed to start, start. Because Trent McDuffie got hurt week one. Obviously, when he comes back, then, of course, Frank Clark gets suspended, and he's back this week. So, And then Willie Gay was suspended. So this will be the first time that they're fully healthy defensively. So that's something to look forward to as well. As uh, It's yin and yang and everything with the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a couple people rocking with us on Facebook. David calls Kadarius Tony an ankle breaker. He absolutely is a guy that you don't want to try and tackle in the open field. Appreciate you rocking with us on Facebook, David. And then Walter's going to get us into our next topic that I wrote down here. We're still reviewing Chiefs and Jags 27-17 win for the Chiefs. Walter says, such a shame CEH is a bust. Had high hopes for him as an LSU fan when we drafted. And bust, I'll go from bust to benched, it feels like. Clyde Edwards-Alaire registers zero carries in the Chiefs win over the Jags he had a couple targets and Andy Reid kind of touched on it today when asked about the donut for Clyde Edwards-Alaire here's what the Chiefs head coach had to say I love about Clyde he's Clyde wants to play <laughs> so I wouldn't expect anything less than that how he handled it though was like a pro but he wants to play and 
I would think less of him if he didn't want to play. So the, it's the way that rotation goes. It's a crazy, crazy thing because we don't go in thinking that. And, but because of the way the series worked, short series here, and he gets in for three plays and he's out. You know, we don't have that many three and outs as an offense. And uh, he happened to be in one of them. So it, it, the numbers got skewed. And it's kind of what happened with Pacheco, you know, before that. So, well, we're, we're working through it. And it's not because of his ability. I mean, that's not. It's not because of his ability. I want you to take this one first because this is something we've touched on pretty much every pod for the last five, six weeks. Clyde Edwards Lair registers zero carries in the win over the Jags. What's your reaction to that, Mark? My first reaction is I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both. I think Andy is lying and telling the truth at the same time. Um, because when you say it's not because of his ability, well, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why Pacheco got that many carries because I obviously don't think CH is as good as Pacheco, right? I mean, is that clear to me? So there is some uh, questions about ability to a certain extent. Now, where I think he's you know, not lying to say, quote unquote, is that the fact that the possessions did get a little skewed, right? Because he did come in on some possessions that ended up being three and outs and things of that nature. So obviously the drives weren't as long, so he didn't get the many snaps. So I, I do agree with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Andy, we know Andy, man. He says stuff tongue in cheek and he doesn't give you a lot, but you got to read between the lines a little bit there. And, you know, I look at the production on the field and the fact, especially here's what it told to me. The fact that Pacheco fumbled in the red zone and then the next possession, they still kept going to him, screamed a lot to me, especially for a rookie, a seventh round rookie. If you fumble in the red zone, a situation like that, you're probably not going to play that next possession and get all the carries. And that's exactly what happened. So to me, that screamed a lot on the trust and how they, much they believe in Pacheco and his ability and the lack of ability in CH to a certain extent. So that's where I push back on the ability part of what Andy Reid said, because if that was the case, CH would, would be out there after the fumble. 69 carries for 293 yards, about four yards a carry and three scores on the ground for CH this year. I think he has six total if you include the receiving touchdowns. I think, to be honest, Clyde is – or in jeopardy. Remember your preseason predictions on CH? Yes, we, we did the on wax, and we'll revisit that. Uh, we're going to have to revisit that eventually. I, I, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the most polarizing chief currently on the roster. And, of course, it has to do with his draft stock and where he was taken in that draft, what team he was on, and the role on the team he was on in college. Some people call that the best college football team of all time. Uh, but it also has to do with his performance since he's gotten here to Kansas City. I've gone as far as to say he would be a double-digit touchdown guy over a 1,000 rusher this year, and there's still room to get that done. But to me, uh, I'm agreeing with you. Andy is talking out of both sides in his mouth. He's saying, yes, Clyde has shown us the ability to get things done, but maybe not everything we want to get done. Maybe not at the speed we expected him to get there. And, um, you know, maybe they see, and I've said this before on this platform, uh, maybe Pacheco's not the guy right now that they want him to be or exactly where they want him to be right now, but he has the potential to be able to get there 
faster than Clyde does. I think that this is a this is an outlier. I think he gets I think he gets back on the he gets back in the rotation in a real way. Um, but but this was ugly, man. I I don't want to call it a benching though. I mean, for that game, it was a benching for that particular game. Now I think you're saying a permanent benching. Now I I agree with that. I don't think it's a permanent benching, but we'll see this week. I mean, this would be a, a tell tell sign this week against the Chargers, especially like I keep saying, their run defense is really, really bad. So he, he should get opportunities to carry the ball in this matchup, especially if you if you're down three wide receivers, right? So yeah, we'll see this week. I think this would really give us a better story on where they see CH moving forward for this year. On my notes, I wrote he still has a role, but it's definitely going to be a diminished one. And uh, I, I just think that's what the case for Clyde Edwards-Alaire is this year. Um, I think they're all three, and that means Jarek McKinnon, not Ronald Jones, uh, yeah, are, are going to have a factor. Real quick? Yeah, go, go ahead. Real quick? Is, do you feel differently now about that report that came out at 4 a.m. before the Niners game when they said Pacheco is the starting court, starting running back? Do you, how do you feel about does that correlate now or no? And I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me of something that Andy said kind of coming out of that game. He said, we sat down and when he said we, he meant offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and I believe running backs coach Greg Lewis, right? And he sat down and wanted to figure out a way to get Pacheco more than 10 carries a game. And ultimately what they decided on was he would start the San Francisco game. And it all they all kind of ended up with similar splits, but – uh, Pacheco got close to that 10 number that they were looking for. My mindset coming into this Jaguars game is maybe they sat down in a similar meeting and were like, hey, maybe we just need to give Pacheco the runway to see what he can do for a full game, not just 10 carries a game, not just a limited snap share, but what can he do when he is the Uno and there's not even a fear of anybody else behind him coming to take those those carries and maybe that's why we saw him to go right back to him after the fumble because there was no safety net there was no uh there was no uh you know guy behind him waiting to get those carries it was pacheco's it was pacheco's game to see, show us what he could do with an rb1 workload and it was it, it was a good performance it, it was about what we had been getting from clyde edwards alaire which is why i kind of i kind of uh, i'm sticking to my point that he will continue to have a role on this team yeah, and there's a thing to that, right? When you know you're going to get a certain amount of carries on a limited basis, you probably press a little more, right? It's kind of like how an NBA player comes off the bench. If you have a short leash, you want to come in and you're going to jack up some shots that you probably shouldn't shoot or you wouldn't I'm shooting shoot it every time I touch the ball. Yeah, but you wouldn't shoot them probably if you knew you were going to play 35 minutes that night, but you know you're only going to play 10 minutes. So you have to make the most of that opportunity. But when you know you're that guy like Pacheco did in this game, you can kind of relax and be more patient and find the holes in the uh, from the offensive line instead of just going 100 miles per hour trying to make a splash play because you know after that carry, you only have five or six more to go. Especially on a team like the Chiefs, you know, they, it depends on how the game script is going on, how many carries there are to go around in general. Like, you know, I, I definitely get that. And, of course, we're going to continue to update the Chiefs running back situation as the year unfolds. Let's get to our last topic here on this game review. It's Carlos Dunlap, man. 100 career sacks. It was kind of a weird, kind of a weird half sack, him and Chris Jones meeting at Trevor Lawrence, but he gets it done. And I thought it was really cool for him to get it done, not only in the kingdom, but at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been a very quietly nice addition to this team. I think you can kind of compare it to when, them, when they got Melvin Ingram. 
yeah. uh, in the middle of the season last year, right? That veteran edge rusher that kind of sets the tone, brings in that experience, able to get to the quarterback. But the difference is he's actually getting some sacks. You know, Melvin Ingram didn't really get sacks. He was more getting pressures and, you know, setting the edge and things of that nature, which was obviously a, a big sign and it helped move Chris Jones back to the middle. But I think there's more upside with Dunlap there. I mean, this is a guy that just last year, I mean, he's getting close to double digit sacks, you know, still, right? And I think he has four and a half or five right now. So he probably ends up at eight or nine, right? Close to 10. So I think he's giving you what you expected. Yeah, I wrote down on the on the shot sheet worth every penny, and it was cool to see him do that. He said not only 100 was a goal, and it was a goal that my dad had in mind for me who passed right before the year, so that was cool to see him accomplish that. But he's got other goals that he wants to accomplish. It'd be cool to see him get those done in KC. Let's, a, a couple of topics I wrote down on here kind of worry me a little bit. I don't want to call it a worry meter or a grab bag. I don't know, man. It was just a couple of things that I saw floating around on the timeline. I wanted to get your take on Mark Gunnels. The first one is on turf versus grass. And we saw quite a few players speaking out on social media. Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I saw Alan Lazard had a strong message. Patrick Mahomes retweeting things. Players urging teams to make the switch from turf fields to grass fields. We know this is something that we've talked about in Odell Beckham Jr. making his decision and possibly considering Kansas City as a future destination. Andy Reid asked about it today um, in relation to turf versus grass, how he feels on that, and then we'll tell you how it impacts the Chiefs on the other side. Listen, I mean, I, I prefer natural grass. I, you know, I've, I've listened to all the studies, the density studies. Um, I've seen all the different compounds that they put into the thing. All the, I still like grass, you know, natural grass. The way our league does it, I mean, I've seen some fields that I probably go get, you know, let's go artificial hunt. But uh, for the most part, the guys that take care of these fields in the league do a nice job. And uh, the grass fields, I'm saying, and, and the turf, I mean, they make it as good as they can possibly make it with the turf, uh, with the artificial turf. But I would prefer regular, regular grass. That was Andy Reid. This from Harold Kuntz, my boy on Twitter. He says three of the next four Chiefs road games are on turf. L.A. this weekend, then Cincy, and then Houston. Man, players don't really like this stuff, man, and they want uh, they want changes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You should listen to your players. I mean, this they're making the product. You don't want to see guys go down on non-contact injuries. It's just not good for the league. You know, we saw it in the Super Bowl last year in SoFi Stadium with Odell Beckham, right? He was on pace to probably win MVP of that game. He goes down on a non-contact injury. So like Andy alluded to, the studies have shown that, you know, there's a higher risk of those type of injuries when you're playing on turf versus grass. So yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, the players make the league, uh, the stars make the league, you know, the product. So you should listen to them. I think it's that simple. Yeah, this from Cooper Cup. I believe that we and all teams should be playing on grass. This is an age-old issue, and I believe the time to address the problem is now. Let's have the conversation. And then Alan Lazard says, plain and simple, the NFL doesn't care about the health and safety of their players. If they did, they would make sure that we have the best field conditions when they are making billions. Hashtag safer fields. Two guys that, I mean, Cooper Cup's going to miss the Chiefs matchup. Um, I don't know if... If it's because of the turf versus grass debate, when guys put out these strong statements like that, you would think you would listen to them. Let's move real quickly through 
the the turf concerns to the chief turnover concerns and this is kind of a weird number I, I don't know if it's something or nothing maybe you can weigh in on this Jaguars are plus three in the turnover battle and still lost to the Chiefs per NFL research teams that were plus three in the turnover battle were 22 and 0 this year before the Jags lost and the Chiefs are currently six worse in turnover differential in the NFL minus four is that something or nothing for you um uh, it's so it's in the middle because you need context with the turnovers one of the turnovers was in the red zone so it's not like the jags had a short field they had to go 80 yards down the field to even get you know in field goal range or get a touchdown so it's different when you have a turnover back in your own territory and you send up an easy touchdown so that's why I say that's a little different. And then that Mahomes pick, I mean, at that point, did you really think the Chiefs were in, in danger of losing the game? It was pretty much over at that point anyway. So uh, the the time in which the matter, the time in which the turnovers happen matter a lot. And I don't think the turnovers in this game really mattered in the result of the game. And obviously that was the case. I And one of the big reasons I wanted to even talk about this on this show is because it reminds us kind of how the Chiefs can be both sides of the coin sometimes. You talked about them being an offense that clicks on all cylinders. Um, but that Tennessee game, we saw kind of flashes of it. And and when the Chiefs were in that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde phase, especially last season, the turnovers were a big reason why. The ball's bouncing right off Tyreek's hands or Mahomes kind of throwing these uncharacteristic turnovers. I just wonder, man, I, I wonder sometimes if – uh, I wonder sometimes how close the Chiefs are to teetering that line Sunday after Sunday. Like there are some weeks when we go in and we're like, this should be, as you say, win by two touchdowns, bet the house. But, uh, you, you know, they, they show us this, this, this sluggishness and this, this turnover behavior and um, to the bottom of our screen, only forced eight total turnovers all year. Um, it, it, you wonder if it's going to catch up to you at a certain point. Yeah, I mean that's a fair that's a fair question and a fair um, skepticism for sure. But I don't think we're at that point. I, I don't get that same feeling that I did last year, where you felt like a disaster was always waiting to happen, right? Like this year, I, I just don't feel that way at all. I mean, like I said, you have a couple turnovers here and there, but I, I don't think they are uh, as monumental as they were during that stretch last year. When, like you said, guys were just dropping passes and picks were happening. Mahomes throwing the ball behind his back. Remember that Washington pick? That was one of those. That's probably his worst pick he's ever thrown in his career. It's like, what are you doing? I don't feel like we're having those type of turnovers. So I don't think it's that big of a concern. Well, if you're not there with the turnover margin yet, are you there yet with the Chief Special Teams unit? Because I've called it mid at times on this platform. I think I've time and time again gone on the bird and asked if it's if, are, are we ready to have that conversation yet when it's in relation to Dave Tobe's unit. Um, it it seems like and we say this all the time, special teams shouldn't cost you a game. But how close are we to that line as well with, with Kansas City? Now, that was a different conversation. Um, my biggest concern, though, I know the punt return unit has had some weird stuff happen. But I think once you settle in with Tony or Hardman, I think you'll be fine there. My biggest concern, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is Harrison Bucker. Mm. But every week, it seems to miss an extra point or a gimme field goal. Is he completely healthy? Last week, he was talking about how he's not 
I need to see at least two clean games in a row to where I feel like he's back. Is that fair to say? Because one would not be enough. I need to see at least two clean games, no missed extra points, make every field goal under 50 yards, and then I'll feel like, okay, I I think he's good now. Yeah, he's not healthy. And and we're wondering, or I guess I'll wonder out loud, uh, if he'll ever be 100% this season. Maybe this is just the Harrison Butker that you're going to end up dealing with throughout the year where he's going to be a little bit more inconsistent than you're used to. And Do you think it's more mental? Because we've still seen him make 50-plus yarders but miss an extra point. So it's not like his leg strength is the problem. Yeah, it, it, it is mental. And we've had this exact same conversation week after week. Like he's a, he's a, you're a golfer who, you know, you're not in the, you're not in the, the rhythm of doing it week after week. And sometimes you just stand over a putt and just shank one. I mean, it, it, it happens to the best of us. You're not used to it happen to the, uh, a kicker of a pro bowl caliber, but for me, it's been a special teams goof at all levels. Not just Bucker. I mean, he, he's good for a miss this year, whether it's a PAT or a, uh, what you consider a chippy, but uh, Isaiah Pacheco as a kick returner or a punt returner, that that experiment needs to end with him moving over to to RB1. If Kadarius Tony is the guy that you think is as explosive as he can be with the ball in his hand, put him back there and 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 just with no safety net, like just like you did with Pacheco at the running back position. He's your guy. He's going to make some mistakes, but it's uh you're at the point now where Chiefs Kingdom holds their breath each time one of these key special teams moments happens because you're like, just make sure you get the ball back to our offense. I mean, uh, you don't want any more goof offs. Yeah, man, it's really tough, bro. It really is. Every time, like you said, I cringe. I have no confidence at all. The, the most confident I am in the special teams unit, whether it's punt returns, kick returns, or uh, extra points or field goal attempts, and it's crazy. This is the most confident I am out of all those situations is when Harrison Bucker is kicking a 50-plus yarder. That's what I'm most confident. <laughs> and, and that makes no sense, right? Like, logically, that makes zero sense. But when it's a 50-plus yarder, that's what I'm at my most confident. It's weird. It really is. But that's just how it is. I'm reading Price Carter on Arrowhead Pride. This was published today in the the – Headline is, it's time to say it, the Chiefs special teams need to be better. And I'm scrolling down to one of the more pertinent lines. He says, for a long time, Tobe had a say in the construction of the roster, but uh, because of the youth movement that was needed in 2022, he doesn't have a lot of his guys on the roster. It's a lot of young guys there. Um, They need to stop acting as though Hill is still back there and Butker is healthy. Um, uh, Basically, he's saying that fine tuning and adjustment needs to be made. And I agree. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Chiefs special teams unit, the turnover margin, and the turf here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Let's go into our game preview now. Let's head out to L.A., man. This will be fun. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. You all right? I'm great, man. Looked like you wanted to say something. No, no I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Chiefs Chargers from SoFi Stadium in L.A. right in Mark Gunnell's backyard. It's a 
Again, it was flexed to Sunday Night Football. We'll be out there. You can watch it locally on KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs. I am a company man. I think what immediately sticks out is the chance have a, the Chiefs have a chance to go up three games in the division after week 11, Mark. I mean, who could have possibly seen that coming when we were talking about this division being the gauntlet preseason? And here, here they are again, the Kansas City Chiefs with a chance to take a stranglehold. Yeah, with the win this Sunday, if the Chiefs win this game, the division is over. It's over. I mean, you have a sweep of the Chargers. Clip you that. Oh, I mean, you don't agree with that? I mean, that's pretty common knowledge. I mean, I don't, that's not like a hot take or anything. Are you are you betting the house? If the I'm saying if, if the Chiefs win that's this game, the house on it. <laughs> if the Chiefs win this game, the division's over. Because you said a three-game lead. Actually, it would really be a four-game lead because you would have a sweep over the Chargers. So obviously you have the tiebreaker. And it's only what? It would be like, what, seven or eight games left after this? So you would need a catastrophic collapse if the Chiefs lose this game and not win the division. So for all intents and purposes, it's over with a win this Sunday. And then at that point, the Chiefs are looking at the battle for the one seed in the AFC. It's a big one, man. And I think one of the biggest things that we can learn or we can use to kind of preview this game would be the last time these two teams matched up a much almost a carbon copy a close matchup in prime time this was the debut of amazon prime right um justin herbert obviously took a a big hit to the ribs at the end of that game and uh kind of had to go through the whole injury protocol with that but uh, a close division game and a team that's tired of hearing about the kansas city chiefs gave the kansas city chiefs their best shot and honestly, uh, you can clip this if you want, sir. I'll put my hands up, whatever you need to do. This one smells like an L, Mark. Okay. I mean, you can you can say that's fair. You can say that. I mean, I don't think it's a wild thing to say. But um, the injury report is going to be very important in this game. Obviously, the Chiefs have a lot of receivers that may be out. Uh, looks like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to play this week. It's funny how everybody gets healthy, healthy during Chiefs week. So, uh, you know, no surprise there. But one key player they will for sure not have is Joey Bosa. And that is huge because remember in that week two game, you had to worry about him and Khalil Mack, one on each side. It's a lot easier to deal with one of those guys versus two of those guys. So I do think that is a bigger loss. I think that's a bigger thing than them getting their receivers back because they did have Mike Williams week two. They didn't have Keenan Allen though, but historically Mike Williams is the Chiefs killer it's not Keenan Allen so I think not having Bosa is huge the fact that their run defense is really really bad is a big factor as well the Chiefs can run the ball set up some play action set up the passing game I think they should be fine and then also not to mention like I said before this will be the first time all season that the Chiefs defense is fully healthy Trent McDuffie being there is huge he was not there during week two so you're going to have him back for their receivers that's going to come back. You put him on Allen or Mike Williams. I don't know. We'll see. So you have to consider all those factors as well. But obviously the Chargers are the more desperate team. I understand that. But at the same time, the Chiefs have just as much motivation because, like I said, they can essentially wrap up the AFC West. And they probably won't say it out loud. Well, they might actually. But you want to be the one seed. I mean, who doesn't want to be the one seed? Yeah, get the one seed, get that by, and then potentially host a fifth straight 
AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. So you're still playing for that because you still got Buffalo right behind you. The Dolphins are right there all of a sudden. And then even the Ravens are right there as well. And they got an easy schedule. So you can't let up if you want that one seat. 27-24, the final these last two, the last time these two matched up in week two. You mentioned Mike Williams as the chief killer. 10 targets, eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Trent McDuffie talked on Wednesday about him being a big physical receiver, a guy that he uh, is looking forward to going up against after missing that matchup the first time around. You said it all. Ain't really much more. Ain't really much more to dissect. I wrote down Frank Clark returns here uh, as an important piece for Kansas City, and it was cool to see some of the efforts that he was doing in the community, but. In the time that he was gone, I feel like Colin Saunders emerged as somebody that maybe we should be giving a few more flowers to on that defensive line. Chris Jones reminded us who he was and why they call him Sack Nation. Uh, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to not be excited to have Frank Clark come back after we what we saw him do last time he was out in the state of California. Yeah, he comes back home. He's an L.A. kid, so perfect time for him to come back. And like I said at the time, Obviously, you don't want to have a guy get suspended, but if you had to pick a two-game situation for him to get suspended, that was the perfect time. In the middle of the season, he gets an extra two weeks off, and you have back-to-back home games where you're heavy favorites against the Titans and the Jaguars, and you both you won both games without him. Now you get him back for a pivotal division game on the road. So I think it's set up perfectly for him as far as his body He's an older guy. He got the extra rest. Now he's ready to go for the stretch run. So I think it was low-key a blessing in disguise. You ready to go down to Vegas, man? Let's go. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. I'm liking these, man. I'm having fun with these. Not the certain, man. Extremely talented Steven Serta putting all the work in. We're down in Vegas with Mark. Mark is 13 and 12 on the year and went one and two last week. And I got robbed. And it's not without controversy. We'll give you his picks from last week. He picked Juju Smith Schuster to go over his receiving yards total of 62 and a half. That didn't happen. Juju left early with just 33 yards. That was a miss there. His other miss was the total points over 50 and a half. The game ended with just 44 total points. The winner, though, and it was just by the hair of his chinny chin chin. My goodness, my goodness, the Chiefs spread. He picked the Chiefs to cover nine and a half, and they won by 10 points. So Mark goes one and two, 13 and 12 on the year. Let's stay above 500 if we can, Mark. What are our winners this week? So I might get in trouble for this, but I only have two plays this week. You're going to get in trouble for this. What do you mean? Well, to be to be fair, they haven't put that many player props out right now. It's only three available from the book that I look at. And the lines, I, I do got to play on the spread, but I don't like the total. So I'm not going to make a play. Just We're going to have to get a ruling on this. We're going to have to get a ruling on this. I don't know. I might have to catch you right before right before the game starts and, and get you with that. I mean, I, I, I got another play on when they add okay. more plays because you got to consider there's so many injuries, so they don't know who's going to play yet Absolutely. on both sides. Absolutely. So, and a lot of the guys are skill position players. So, you know, it just is what it is. But um, my two plays I got right now, I got the over on Travis Kelsey receiving yards. 
It's at 82 and a half. I do think probably two of those three receivers will not play. Probably most likely Juju and McCole Hardman. So obviously more targets for Travis Kelsey, more volume there. So I like the over on that one. And I'm also going to take, I'm going the other way this time. I'm taking the Chargers to cover. Right now it's at five and a half. I think that's a little too much points. I think the Chiefs will win the game. But we saw these games before. They're always like three-point games coming out to the wire. Over it's a lot of points. Five is a lot. Five and a half on the road is a lot, especially considering they may get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, and the Chiefs may be down a couple of receivers against a desperate team on the road. So those are my two plays so far. Chargers plus five and a half. Travis Kelsey over on receiving yards at 82 and a half. We'll get Mark with one more official pick before the game gets started in L.A., but I like those, and I kind of tipped my hand earlier in the game preview segment, man. I, I Everybody likes to pick the Chiefs' losses until the week of the game comes, and it's like, oh, oh why are they going to lose it? Like, this is a divisional game. They've gotten beat by you previously. They've played you tough each and every time, including the last time these two teams played at SoFi. I believe it was a buzzer-beater walk-off for Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah, yep, overtime. So so uh, the these two teams have some history. Uh, they play tight games. And um, I, I don't think the Chiefs run away with the division just yet. But hey, you made a good point, though, because before the year, everybody picks like 13 and 4, 12 and 5. But when the games actually come that week, they pick the Chiefs every week. <laughs> so you didn't have them going 17 and 0. But now when the games actually get here, you pick them to win every single week. So I'm glad you said that because I've noticed that from a lot of people as well. And I, I, hope, will, uh... I, I will say this, though, before the year, I, I will admit, I picked this to be a split before the year. But the only reason why I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game now versus before the year is because of Joey Bosa being out. That's a big deal to me. So that's the only reason why I'm switching my preseason prediction on this game. We want to know your game picks too, whether you're listening now or, or you're listening later. Tell us what you think about Chiefs Chargers, Chiefs Jaguars, or Chiefs Coast to Coast. 816-514-1267. Leave us a voicemail. Be part of the show. We appreciate interacting with y'all. A couple more comments here on the comment line before we get up out of here. Scott says, wouldn't say CEH is a bust. I would say the Chiefs drafted him way too high and he doesn't fit their system. No running back is worth a first round pick. I agree. I agree. I, I would never pick a running back in the first round. Um, I mean, you have to be like Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders level for me to want to pick you in the first round as a running back because Running backs are so expendable in today's NFL, and they have a short uh, shelf life. I mean, right after four or five years, they, they pretty much break down. You know, a lot of guys don't even get that that second contract with that team that drafted them. It is very rare that that happens, right? So, yeah, I agree with that. I would never spend a first-round pick on a running back unless you're, like, a GOAT. Like, you're going to be one of the greatest ever. Hindsight is, is is always 2020 anytime we talk about about drafts and players. And I, I think my homie Tashawn, who covers the Raiders for the athletic, he always says, you know, everybody loves draft picks and to turn in to players themselves. It's like as soon as they become a player, we hate, we hate that draft pick. It, it, it's really interesting. And that's why I call Clyde one of the most polarizing Chiefs right now, man. Absolutely. He's a lightning rod. All you got to say is those three letters. You know, it's funny. Uh, we haven't got there yet, but I'm seeing a lot of people kind of go that same route with Sky. 
Mm. What's the leash, man? Because because with me, I at least give it a year. Like especially in an Andy Reid type system, like get it, I at least give it a year before I'm like. Unless you're just no. out there going. And, and I agree with you. And I, you know, I'm pro Sky Moore, so I'm not, I'm not on that side. But to play devil's advocate here, Kadarius Tony just got here three weeks ago. And he's already implemented way more than Sky Moore. And he's been here since the summer. He's so also been in the league longer. He's been in the league I mean, longer. He was just a rookie last year. It's not like he's been in the league that long. <laughs> he just got picked last year. It's not, it's not like he's a seasoned veteran. <laughs> like, come on, let's not do that. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to get out to LA. It's going to be fun. I don't know if we're going to do a, a, a show, StreamYard show, or Spaces show, or just a pick. I, I don't know. We're going to have to figure that. We're going to have to figure that out. Hey man, I'm gonna uh, find a good bar for you. That's a, the equivalent to your favorite one. I'm not gonna say it out loud because people may be uh, trying to stalk you and stuff. So no yeah. free clout, no free clout. Oh yeah. my goodness, coast to coast is hitting LA for Chiefs Chargers in prime time. Anything else, Mark? Before we get out of here, man. Oh man, I'm just ready for you to touch down. You get here Saturday morning or Saturday evening? Saturday morning. I'm on the first flight out, uh, and then I'll uh, I'll be in your city. You, we're gonna see what kind of clout you have on that side. Because when you came to KC, you know you didn't have to pay for nothing. Everything was paid for. Everything was taken care of. <laughs> you know you had the first class experience. So when I get out there, I expect the same. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, man. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> coast to coast is out of here. Appreciate y'all.